Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on an area such as marketing, sales, innovation or funding. That is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players, where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entry or knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of disruptive developments. Mindfeeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I am working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation and marketing. Let's get started on today's episode. So today I'm with Tim and we're going to be talking about following topic. How founders can include their team members into growth-focused discussions so that they can tap into their collective intelligence and help execute the company's vision. So before we go in deeper, um, Tim, as you're currently now based in Barcelona or near Barcelona, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Because I think you've got quite some interesting background. Thank you, Christian. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, by the way. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, yeah, well, my name is Tim, as uh, as you've mentioned. I'm half French, half Turkish. I had the luck from a very young age to uh, gain three languages, thanks to my parents. They spoke English together. Uh, one spoke Turkish to me, one spoke French to me. And I was very lucky enough that about 15, at 16, I moved to Seattle. I spent a year there. Then I moved to Los Angeles for about six years. Then I moved to uh, London for a And now I've been in Barcelona for five, as you mentioned. And, um, you know, um, so my, my past is very interesting because I'm actually a musician and a DJ and a music producer at heart. <laughs> that was my first um, professional skills that I wanted. Uh, but um, I didn't continue in that field. I realized that uh, everything I was doing was around marketing. And I started switching my focus on tech companies and uh, helping startups, helping um, founders, helping uh, any kind of um, team member uh, in a company. It could be from marketing to sales to product to operations on how to grow the company uh, with, as you mentioned, with the collective intelligence of others, or making sure that you have the right information at the right time at the right place. Yeah, and that's so important because otherwise uh, people just have no direction. It all goes in the wrong direction. So how can people actually, especially team members, um, help their founders? Yeah, so, I mean, how many times uh, we've heard in the water cooler or around the coffee machine, if the company did this, um, we would grow or we would do this. But the company doesn't listen to me. Uh, my CEO doesn't listen to me. Usually this doesn't happen, obviously, in companies less than uh, 50 or 75 team members. But after that, we start having this, um, this, this, 
this disconnection, right, suddenly. And it's very difficult to communicate ideas. So how can team members help the founders or the founders? How can they help the team member? It's by creating a, a space of transparency, first of all. And I think this goes with having a mission, having a just cause, as Simon Sinek uh, calls it, a just cause. If you have a just cause, and every time that you are going to do an initiative, a project, a task, you should ask yourself, how does it relate to your mission? How does it relate to your just cause? If you start from there, I think that's, that's an incredible uh, beginning on, on aligning everybody around uh, the same goals, right? Or aligning them um, towards the same direction, if that makes sense. And from there on, it's instead of always saying that we know what to do, is always check with your team members. Say, hey, guys, do you guys know how can we get to these results? Right? And you'll be very impressed. Team members have a lot of opinions. Okay, some is not going to be the best, um, but they, they do know because they're the one in the forefront of your company. They're the one talking to customers. They're the one uh, marketing. They're the one selling. They're the one you know generating the leads. And then CEOs, a lot of CEOs, not, I'm not saying all, of course, but a lot of CEOs, has done a great job, right? They had the mission, so they created the company. They've hired all these people. So they've done the, the best thing that the CEO or founder can do is to bring the right people to the right place. But then it's time to, to, to leave a little bit the reins to your team and get their ideas on, on how to achieve those goals that you have in mind. And I think that that really starts with transparency. Absolutely. And, and as you say, transparency is so important so that you get as well everybody on board so that they as well are able to execute the company's vision. Mm -hmm. Yep. So company vision is, is, is very interesting because everybody will say, oh, I have a vision. But not a lot of people will be able to articulate their vision. Right? You have to be able to articulate that vision in a sentence that is, that is aspirational. Right? That sentence that every morning when I get out of bed and I'm coming to an office or to my remote office, right, I have to be inspired right, by the aspirational mission, vision, values, uh, just cause, goals, whatever you want, but you have to make sure it's aspirational. Really bad goals are, oh, yeah, let's make $10 million revenue. Of course, money is super important. You have to pay salaries. We have to, uh, we have to eat, you know, and we have to bring money to the house, right? But if your first goal is money, then you are going to always focus on the wrong things, which is just trying to do the, the quickest things that you can to gain money. But if you had a goal that was a bit different to say, I've mentioned this the other day, uh, it's let's have 10,000 happy customers. Right? When you say 10,000 happy customers, that's already much more aspiration. I want to make 10,000 people happy. Right? I want to give them the right platform so that they're happy. So this makes me much more inspired every morning. And I don't have to think about the money, but 10,000 happy customers means revenue anyways, if that makes sense. Yes, and getting the right revenue and, and getting everybody to really team up and... Uh not only know the vision, but as well how to put it into perspective with a mission, with a purpose, and yeah, get them on board and not just sitting there and, and complaining or saying that boss is an idiot or whatever or other kind of uh, stuff and then blaming the failures uh, just on him or them instead of actually contributing because uh, I'm sure everybody has some kind of talents. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hiring people or even having a team or so. You, you need certain kind of talents and then have that collective capability. Yes. I mean, today, let's say that um, you have 
let's talk about five team members, right? And uh, to make it easier. So everybody has different skills, as you mentioned, right? And we all think differently and we all have different ways of solving problems or challenges. And when we try to solve something and we get stuck at it, and this happens a lot, we also forget to ask others. Right? We do this in our personal lives even, right? Even in our families, in our personal lives, we do this all the time. But in companies, this is, this is even amplified, right? Because we have the, this mission, we have these goals that are in my department or, or so on, and we have these five team members, we say. So one person is going to have better ideas on how to fix certain things around the product, possibly. One person is going to have better ideas on how to have more emotional marketing. One person is going to have ideas on more tech stuff. Right? So when you bring this, this, this collective intelligence or this cross-skilled teams, the, the intelligence of the room really rises. And, and this is what we always not done until today because we've said marketing. Right, so marketing department, we said sales, sales department, we said product, product department. And and then they, they talk to just to themselves. Teams don't even sometimes communicate well between each other. Like sales and marketing, I know it's always a problem anyways, but let's not get into that because that's always about the quality of the leads, but, but not about the intelligence or the projects to do. But what happens, in my opinion, is that these teams, they're trying to solve issues or challenges that might have a great um, input from others on, on a different perspective or how we say the tunnel vision, right? So if I'm in marketing, I just see marketing, 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 marketing all day, every day, and that's what I'm doing, right? But I forget that maybe the product team could just do a feature and my marketing would amplify 10x, right? So, so this is why I think that there's a new trend, and we all know that. It's called the growth trend, right? It's growth growth marketing, growth hacking, uh, product-led growth, uh, growth operations. You have growth everything now, right? And, and and it's just actually a buzzword in my opinion, but I do call myself growth consultant, so maybe not. I'm not going to highlight too much how a buzzword it is. But it's, it's basically doing the right thing at the right place, but having the right information from different sources, right? So when we do a growth uh, marketing campaign, if you want to call that, right, we look at uh, building a, a chatbot. We build. Uh, we look at uh, scraping some data. This is not marketing. This is not growth marketing. This is the help of tech team, the help of product, the help of external resources that we're trying to learn as marketeers. So think instead of that marketing team, if I had five people, little squads, as I call them, squads, some call it tribes, right? And think that you had five people from, from different perspectives, one from product, from marketing, one from development, one from operations, and one from even sales, if you want. The intelligence in that room is not going to be just focused on marketing. It's going to be it's going to be a global view of all areas in your company. So when you start involving different people in a in the same challenge, the results of uh, you know the solutions or the initiatives that is going to come to the table are going to blow your mind. And and this is why I keep repeating that we should forget about this old school. You know, here's the marketing department, here's the sales department, sales are on commission, marketing on lead generation, and, and not let them work together. The whole thing about rowing in the same direction is that we have to row together, right? We have to have the same route and we have to go at, at that together. Exactly. That's why um, we'll have now a short break and then we'll continue our discussion after the break.
And so after our break, we are ready to continue on our topic about uh, how uh, founders can include their team members into the growth-focused discussion that is necessary in order to have that collective intelligence help them execute their vision. So, Tim, um, just before I forget to mention, you told me as well that you are teaching as well bachelor and master programs in Barcelona at the business school and that. And you, you've got so much insights and knowledge from all that work. How, how, you, how can you see when you take all that collective knowledge you've gained as well from working as well with startups and that, how can founders really get their edge in using that collective intelligence? And that's a um, great question. I mean, uh, teaching is incredible. And, it, you know, I teach, but I learn so much while I'm teaching. <laughs> and, and that that's one of the reasons why I, I will always, I think, continue to teach. I started two years ago. I absolutely love it because I'm learning so much in the, in the same time. Um, the thing I think with founders is that we forget what is the goal of a founder, right? It's to found a company, right? It's to create a company. And creating a company means that you have to employ the people because you cannot do everything yourself, right? And this is always the biggest complaint of founders. Oh, I'm doing so much. I'm doing so much. I'm so busy, right? And then we hire people and then we don't delegate, right? So it goes back to delegation a little bit, but delegate the work, right? Delegate the work. Trust your team. You've brought those people. It's the same thing as when I teach, right? I don't I don't come with a curriculum that is is very hard coded and that can't change right because I come to a class I see the students, especially in masters, is smaller groups, right? And and I see the intelligence in the room, and and it even scares me, you know. I'm like, oh my god, all them together are much more intelligent than I am, right? So how can I help them? So how I help them is by as aspiring them. Right, inspiring, aspiring them, making sure that that they're inspired day to day when they come to class, and that I show them things that could interest them, and I let them really go wild. I let them go find the information. I let them bring that information to the table. I let them speak. I let them debate, and and, and my students love that. So if you think about that for a company is the same thing, right? As a founder, you should not say this is what we're gonna do and this is how we're gonna do it. No, you should say, all right, this is where we are. This is where I want to get, guys. I don't know how to get there. Can you guys please help me? You will see the difference in the eyes of your team members. The second you say that, they're gonna, 
they're going to shine. The eyes are going to shine. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry to find that information, to bring the best to the table, you know, and, 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 to, and to get that satisfaction of, of helping, right? And, yeah. and this is what we forget, sorry, Christian. Yeah, absolutely. And because that's well included in the whole process. I and mean, it's not just that. Because I think people who want to work for a startup, they're totally different kind of mindset or in a different phase of life compared to those who are maybe working in a job somewhere or in a corporate or anything. Um, they want to really have that kind of purpose in what they're doing. And if they can't contribute actively, why should they be working for a startup that might not pay as much as a big corporate, that might not be as, let's say, prestige as working for a big brand that everybody knows? Yeah, but if you can contribute actively, being asked by the founder is great. So how, how can they get to the next step then as well, the founders? Uh, the founders, I mean, um, just before I, I get to that, because you said the corporates and the differentiation of, you know, a startup, working in a startup, it's maybe less pay, but it could be more giving, you know, it could be more um, more satisfactory for somebody. But, you know, may most of the corporates and, and enterprises now, they're trying to act like a startup, right? They all have little innovation teams. They want to be more lean. They want to be more agile. I think the world is going to learn so much from startups anyways. But And any company was a startup in, in the beginning. So what I recommend for founders, the next steps in the next stage is, is to stop for a second, to think about their vision, to think about what's their mission. Why did they create this company, right? To look at who they've hired, And, and, and understand what each team member brings to the table. Each team member doesn't bring just the execution to the team member, uh, to, the, to the team. Each team member brings also their, their angle. They bring their culture. They bring their view in life. They bring their differentiation. They bring their creativity at the end of the day. And we're all very differently creative. So I think every founder should stop a second realize all these and really map out their team, not just salary, not just director, manager, or so on, but mainly on who has ideas around what topic. One person is going to have ideas more on, on um, customer service and helping customers. One is going to be, okay, much more on channels, more automation. It's going to be on marketing, right? And then we find that sometimes people are not even in the right roles. Right, we 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 bring somebody super creative and we put him on an outbound cold calling. Right, outbound cold calling actually could be very creative. So so maybe that's a bad example because if you're very creative, I think you could be a, a great person on outbound. But what I'm trying to say here is we've got stuck and how we work was designed in the in the industrial age. Right, it was designed back in the day and we haven't innovated that much. I don't think so. Right now, we're trying to innovate, right? We're trying to also innovate education to create new generations. But mm -hmm. we haven't innovated how we work. How we work, people, when I say how we work, they think it's, uh, let's have Slack. Let's have a new uh, communication tool. Yes, that's awesome. That That is changing how we work. But the fundamentals of how we work is that we have a leader, Right, uh, And we're going to follow this leader, but this leader has to have such an amazing aspirational mission for us to follow, first of all. If, if this leader has that, right, the team is going to be so much more um, engaged already. And then the team is going to be able to actually speak up. And if when the teams can speak up, and not just to say yes and no, but to say, all right, I believe that, 
by doing this, we could do this. To verify that we will be able to do this, um, we're going to measure this and we're going to be right if this happens, right? It's the hypothesis test card or strategizer test card, as I call it. You can find this on strategizer.com. I think that every idea that we have should be articulated well. If it's articulated well, right, in a common way of articulating it, then we can understand what everybody means. And then we possibly will have even a better time with our colleagues, with our leaders, with our colleagues. We're going to have a better time because we're going to all kind of speak almost the same language. We're going to have a default way of sharing and articulating ideas, hypotheses, and that's going to start creating a much better space to work. Yes, and, and when you think of it, uh, it really gets um, excited. Look, for instance, at, at people like Elon Musk. He's just a pure example of how many people he goes and says, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this and this, and everybody gets excited, whether they're on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, or wherever. Everybody goes, oh, he starts a factory, and thousands of people start applying and want to switch because he, he isn't necessarily as a role model, but he is the kind of leader, the innovative leader who thinks out of the box and, and questions many things and uh, isn't just about talk but actually knows stuff that people are willing to even leave the corporate jobs to work for mm. any of these companies because when you think of it, there are people who have been contributing a lot of um, knowledge and, and innovation into products like Tesla cars or the rockets, SpaceX and so on. And they've been working for big corporate companies, whether it was, I think, Boeing, some came from Boeing, some came from uh, big automotive cars, brands and so on. So they were actually in sort of cozy jobs mm -hmm. and they weren't fulfilled. There was no satisfaction, no purpose. Maybe they were frustrated as well for not being able to implement and innovate with the ideas that they had. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you must say, come to me. Here you uh -huh. can start innovate. Here you can do this stuff because I understand what's knowledge, what's engineering, this stuff. It has to be stuff, new stuff. I'm mm -hmm. not doing it the way we did it 20, 50 years ago because that's how we always did it. No, we have to be for the future how we have to do it in the future. Hmm. I'd like yeah. to say something on yeah. that, Christian. I mean, Elon Musk is a very interesting character. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Elon looks at something and looks around. He's in a car. He looks around. He sees a problem and he builds a company. Right, and his companies are always built uh, to fix the problem. Right, uh, mm. there, is, there, there is an issue. Uh, he's trying to bring a solution. And this is why people feel inspired and aspire. Right, because you are solving something, you know. And a lot of corporates, maybe in the beginning, they were created to solve something, but what has happened throughout the time, they became just money machines. Right, is how much more money can we make? Right, and they've forgotten about their core, about solving that challenge that they found at first, right? And this is this is an amazing framework that I'd like to share for everybody on uh, on this podcast. The level of product as 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 uh, I think it's this is Scott Galloway uh from um NYU Stern, he said that there's a level of products or Adam Alter, one of his colleagues, one of one of these guys. And he said the level of product, you have three levels. You have the core product, you have the actual product, And you have the augmented product. The core product, when I ask to some founders, what is the core product? What is your core product? They tell me what they have as a product. I'm like, that's not your core product. That's your actual product. What is your core product? Your core product is solving a problem, right? It's a solution to a problem. 
That's your core. Then your actual product is your platform or your tool, your software, whatever you want to call it. That's your actual product. And then the bells and whistles is your augmented product, right? What differentiates you from the competitors is that little um, augmented product, the, the bells and whistles. So we always think about our actual product in the beginning and, and we build things. But the biggest companies or the best companies, uh, not the biggest, sorry, the best companies are built around that core product, right? Which is problem, here's a solution that we're trying, right? We're, we're trying to solve this problem with this solution. And then your your actual product is, okay, that platform that is trying to solve that core product, right? And then we add the extra features, could be AI, machine learning, uh, it could be uh, even great customer service could also be something in your augmented product. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, that reminds me, you mentioned before that um, you're working as well on a you have as well on business business idea that you want to take to make it mm -hmm. into reality based on your experience and so on. What's that actually about? Thank you for asking that. Um, I mean, I don't want to make this uh, promotional, but um, I've I found a problem. I've helped about seventeen founders and startups. Uh, I'm not counting students because that's that's over 500 600 now <laughs> but um what i've realized is this exactly the topic that we're talking about and so what what i've built right now i have an mvp uh, i'm actually beta testing i I'm, i'm accepting early adopters so if anybody is listening and they have a team of let's say 15 20 plus team members and they want to get collective intelligence you know they they want to um, have better goal setting and they want to achieve better goals and more ambitious goals then i think uh, the right tool to test would would be squad one so squad one is basically your first squad that you need in your company what, what do i mean by that squad one is a platform right uh, my just cause i'll share that uh, is to drive growth through collective intelligence right and how to do that is by having a space a place for um being very uh, obvious about your mission, about your goals, about the results that you're aiming, right? But instead of doing that top to bottom approach, right? It's to say, okay, here's our goals or our results, guys, that, we're, that we need to achieve as a company. But who has an idea on how to get there? So my platform helps every team member create their idea, write their idea down on the platform in, 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 a, in a format that's Is going to be equal for everybody. It's, it's the same thing that we spoke uh, just earlier about the hypothesis test card. I have that mm -hmm. feature inside it. And then everybody articulates their idea in a, in a very um, clear way that everybody can understand. And then we have some prioritization frameworks that kick in where every team member around the room or even if you're around the world, right? this is why we're building the platform, can rank the ideas. And when you rank each other's ideas, And you start doing the average. And this is where collective intelligence comes suddenly, right? Where, first of all, bringing everybody's ideas. So that's very collective. Different people, different ideas, different intelligence. Then we're, we're um, ranking each other's ideas, right? So suddenly different angles, different people, different departments, different teams are seeing the idea and ranking them. And then we're finding our priority. And our priority is based to thanks to everybody in the company. And when that happens, right away, the engagement is great, right? Because it's 
very scientific of you know ranking methodologies so it's not even oh, i like you or i don't like you so i like your idea right I'm, i have anonymous ranking as well so there is no bias right if it's the ceo's idea you don't see it's the ceo's idea until it's ranked because if you see this the ceo's idea automatically even if you don't want to christian what happens is there's a bias is your ceo so you're like oh let me let me put some extra points on here right it's my ceo so not to have that i'm doing anonymous ranking and then when you find the best ideas you know who brought the ideas and then you can start implementing these ideas and what also happens in my platform it creates a library of everything that was tested in the in the past so you're able to learn from them make more ambitious goals get bring better ideas to the table and understand who has ideas around what topic and actually tap into their intelligence as well and then rank together and and keep repeating the system i call it the system it's not a platform actually it's a system because if you loop this system you guarantee will grow it's like um i think it was james clear uh, in atomic habits he said one percent growth every day is growth right so if we grow tomorrow one percent the next day one percent we're still growing is about 37x i think uh, at the end of the year so so that's enough growth if we can even achieve that <laughs> Absolutely, because if, as you said, uh, if you do, for instance, all the things anonymous, and it's of course better for everybody, because otherwise, uh, the well, they start uh, ranking stuff just because of the person. Can yep. it be because it's maybe the other one who's got that the idea is maybe his friend or whatever? Um, of course, they might tend to rank, of course, their own idea higher because they know it's the idea. But if they know it's from the boss, then they might think, well, if I don't rank him higher, I'll not get any postre and no flan or whatever, other kind of stuff. Um, or no ice cream <laughs> the next round. Because <laughs> 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 uh, obviously I don't like the idea and I find it's a stupid idea. Well, sometimes, uh, sometimes you have to tell people if you don't like something or you might think, well, idea is good but not in that way maybe you have to do it differently because people don't want to have this or maybe people expect this and this um and you might sometimes be blind as well in your own uh, vision of things because you don't really bounce it off anybody that, that's absolutely. why that's why we want to have the con collective intelligence absolutely christian yeah you, you've nailed it on the head and yeah. and it's exactly if you're introverted extroverted or whatever right this is why having a platform that that makes it a central that makes it a default way of doing things um really gets rid of that uh, you know that if you're shy about your idea you can just type it into the platform and if it gets ranked that means it's already a good idea because everybody's been ranking it high and then you can even be proud and that should even make you feel more confident of bringing more ideas to the table that, that that's what i'm aiming with my startup uh I, it's still very early stage uh christian uh, i have a few early adopters uh they're testing it it's, it's looking really bright um but you know i have so much more work to do because because my goal uh, my you know it's to drive growth through collective intelligence and it's to help companies humanize uh, how they work and it's it's by giving a voice to every team member and, and that, that's my day-to-day -day goal uh, right mm -hmm. now every morning i wake up i'm like how can i help companies be more human how can i help companies um, you know, bring better ideas to the table. And I'm doing this uh, with uh, my platform, with the tech background, yes. Cool, because that's a really, really good thing, good idea, and people need that. And when I think of it as well, um, as I see you have as well some experience, not just with your own startup, um, but as well with helping other startups as well to get necessary funds, because it's so important nowadays, you need to have money, other, other 
either you have to have the money already by some other means or you you can get additional money to grow like accessing funding like from horizon yeah funds in europe and that um, what's your experience as well there um Yeah, uh, I've had really the luck uh, when I moved to Barcelona. One of the companies was already uh, very in um, in high tech, right? Mm -hmm. We were doing big data for telcos, uh, for telecommunication companies by uh, analyzing their SSL traffic and, you know, all the hidden kind of traffic layers and stuff like that. And in there, I had the luck to uh, prepare reports for SME instruments for Horizon 2020 uh, and get about 1.7 uh, million uh, euros back then. And I, I also had the luck to, to repeat that in another company. I was very into high-tech companies and I really wanted to learn like the, the edge technologies. So the next company that I worked for was a computer vision company. Uh, platform for real estate and um and here you know real estate imagery it's it's a lot uh finding our dream home is quite difficult so we were able to analyze pictures in, in, in milliseconds and tag them and and explain what they are and so on and in this in, in this company as well uh, i had the opportunity um to be able to to pitch and get um this funding from horizon 20 uh, 2020 and uh, that also made us back then uh the second uh in a competition by Intel, we were the second most innovative company. Um, so I had the chance to, to see a bit of, of, of that kind of, um, uh, you know, government-backed, uh, pro-European commission-backed projects uh, money. Uh, but I also had, obviously, the chance to uh, help as a COO on my company on getting a private investment. Um, and luckily, I had always very nice people around me. So I don't know how... Um, you know, in the US, how does uh, the investments work yet? Uh, I've lived there, but I've never had the chance to, um, mm. to raise some funds there. But uh, my goal is, is to have a bit, of, a bit of everything, a bit of Europe, a bit of US, because again, you know, my mission is not to change just Spanish companies or European companies. My mission is to change how we work, is to improve how we work in the world. And so these these two startups were in based in Spain, no? Yes, that's correct. Barcelona is a very very incredible hub. If if uh, you're, some of your listeners are not aware, but it's it's very high tech. It's very in the edge of technology, right? So they kind of call it here a little bit the Silicon Valley of Europe, right? Why? Because we have an amazing school here in Barcelona called the UPC, um, University Politecnica de Catalunya. Um, mm. And they have like the best developers, the best AI, uh, data, big data, data science uh, kind of uh, students uh, finishing the school. And to be honest with you, 80, 90% of these students, they, they, they get grabbed by uh, US companies for big salary. And, and, and they leave but I think there's a new uh, new a new movement here by trying to keep this talent uh, here because if you do keep them here you have some amazing companies and most yeah. of these US companies they have an office here actually they have their developers here yes of course and at the same time as well um, if they start the businesses here they create a new economy which is not dependent on tourism because that's the main issue of mm. countries like Spain, Italy, Portugal, and so on, where too often they're dependent, most of the jobs dependent on tourism. And when we think of it, times like pandemic and so on, where people can't travel, that's where the jobs are then actually at risk, people at risk of um, getting proper income. And when you think of it, even in startups, there are plenty of jobs where you don't necessarily need to have a university degree. You don't have to have a master or PhD or whatever. There are plenty of jobs in startups 
that need people of all different kind of parts of society and parts of um, education systems and so on, which is a great thing and gives an opportunity actually for the country to further develop instead of developing knowledge and then losing it all the mm. time. Yes, yep. the, the people get a nice job abroad, but it doesn't actually help the next generation to actually have locally a job. And eventually you have a situation where practically, uh, let's say, the grandparents are living in Spain and the grandchildren are somewhere in USA, Canada, and so on. And there's no incentive to come back again because there are no jobs there that can at least be somehow equal. Mm-mm-mm. And this is, I think, that uh, the global economy, the remote business um, and the tech companies, I, I think we're changing that. We're definitely changing that. I'm not sure if we're changing it in, in, a, in, a, in a very fast pace, but uh, I think uh, the pandemic has helped a lot Uh, companies realize that talent could be anywhere in the world and we should be able to want to live wherever we want and still um, be compensated for our skills, uh, for our drive, for our passion, uh, wherever we are and whoever we are and what culture we come from, that shouldn't change our intelligence. Our intelligence should be should be graded for our intelligence and not for, for where we come from. Yeah, and I absolutely agree on that because I see it as well from my own experience. I'm at the moment involved with a investment company that invests in technology and education businesses, whether it's private universities, whether it's uh, solar companies or IT companies doing artificial intelligence and so on. We've got investments in companies in in Spain as well, actually. <laughs> in Madrid, we've got one. We've got in Portugal, Poland, Netherlands, uh, even Greece, all different regions that shows it doesn't all have to be in in high developed sort of northern states like mm-hmm. France and Germany or Norway and so on or Sweden. The countries in the south where we usually would go on holiday, there are plenty of great opportunities to have startups there and even there's lots of know-how there to develop mm-hmm. stuff. You just have to give them a chance and support them and guide them and then It creates a lot of jobs, and that's a great thing because you suddenly notice, hey, we've got so much opportunities. It's just—it's not just that Europe can make cars and produce <laughs> some airplanes and washing machines. That's not all. <laughs> we've mm. got so much to offer there. We just need to. We've got so many places, and as you say, Barcelona is a beautiful place to be and uh, you've got so much uh, things you can do you can go swimming you can go sailing you can do tennis and other kind of sports stuff besides educating yourself or starting a business contributing to technology in Barcelona there are big companies like for instance Telefonica and mm-hmm. other companies there and of course foreign subsidiaries of other companies and yeah that takes me actually to to the thought as well Uh, as we've spoken about all this collective intelligence, how to execute these things and vision and that. Um, Tim, if people actually want to connect with you, get more insights about your startup that you're starting or even how you can help them, um, maybe even get funds and other kind of stuff. You've got so much experience as well to offer and guidance and that. How can they actually get in touch with you and find Ab- out more? Absolutely. I think uh, the um, I have two easiest way. One is to go to timkakir.com. Tim is easy, T-I-M, but my last name is a bit more difficult. I couldn't shorten that. It's a C-A-K-I-R. 
Uh, so timkakir.com um, is my website. There you can also subscribe to my newsletter. Every Monday I aim to send out the newsletter of what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, uh, some tools that people can use, some little tips and tricks. But of course, my LinkedIn is uh, also my most active channel uh, where you can follow uh, my articles as well. Uh, and that's, again, uh, just uh, if you type in Tim Kakir, you'll be able to find my LinkedIn. Cool. Wonderful. Then I'm sure people will be uh, enjoying it soon. And yeah, um, we'll be talking, I think, surely in the future again. And <laughs> as we discussed before, I'm looking forward as well to our um, Zoom call in the future. Absolutely. Christian, thank you so much. It's been, I mean, I could talk with you hours and hours in here. I know that you have uh, a limit on your podcast. Thank you so much for the invite and for the amazing questions. And uh, I am pretty much sure that um, we will speak very soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Growth Zone with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website follow.prmediareach.com. I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. For those of you who are listening and signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a free copy of the ultimate guide on content marketing. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years. It also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and enterprises as clients. And that even included international clients from all around the world. The link to sign up for our free broadcasting service and the guide is follow.prmediareach.com. That will give you access to the most recent version of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me as well on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAPBarge. That's spelled Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel. Yes, that is CAPBarge. Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.